Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. Before we dive in, I wanted to remind you guys of our headline sponsor, Routine. Routine uh, is a family-owned business um, that wanted to come out and create a brand with trusted ingredients but made convenient. Uh, one of their proprietary formulas is called Morning Routine, and this is a product that I've started to use literally on a daily basis to rehydrate, uh, to use you know, usually after a workout for me or first thing in the morning. Um, and, and what it is, is it's just a single serve packet. You can, you know, tear open, dump in it. I always dump it into around 20 ounces of water. And what it contains is half an organic lemon, one tablespoon of apple cider vinegar, Himalayan sea salt, all six essential electrolytes, and most importantly, no sugar. That last one's tough to find. Uh, a lot of hydration products do have sugar. Uh, so you got to keep an eye on those. And this is one of the ones or, you know, routine in general, uh, that just don't have sugar in their products, which I love. So, uh, Jake, who is the founder of routine, he's been on the podcast, uh, and he just has a great product. I think a great brand message. And you guys should really check it out. Uh, they also have green superfoods. They have vitamin D, uh, they come in gummies. They have elderberry gummies. Uh, and they also have, uh, ace or apple cider vinegar gummies. And I apologize. The vitamin D comes in this droplet tastes really good so they have a ton of really good supplements uh, that can help really just improve your daily life stay healthier especially in the times we're in it's really important so like i said routine trusted ingredients made convenient if you'd like to try them out you can check out the link in the show notes or go to yourroutine.com. if you want to use code shane white 30 at checkout you can get 30 percent off your first order which obviously is a nice little discount to get started. So check out Routine. They're awesome, and you'll love the products. All right, everybody. Today is a solo episode just with me, um, and I thought this would be a fun one to do. Um, we're going to chat a little bit about taxes, and obviously no one loves taxes. It's usually a boring topic, but um, something in my own research lately uh, has popped up that made me think through a little bit about you know, why do some of the richest people on the planet seem to pay a lower tax rate than folks who, you know, make a decent, just a normal, decent living? And there's a lot of reasons. We're not going to go crazy deep into this, uh, but I was reading a couple articles over the last few days about, you know, some of the richest people on the planet and uh, what their tax liabilities have been. And I think it's really interesting because if you're someone who just uh, goes along and, um, follows news articles, you might have a thought in your head about these people and the way they, you know, get around taxes. Um, and I think there's a different reality to the whole situation that maybe you didn't know before today's episode. So anyway, hope you guys enjoy today's episode. I had the man David Meltzer on the podcast as my last episode. So if you're not interested in hearing about the topic today, or just want to go back to an interview, He's my last one that I posted. Uh, great guy, great episode, um, and it's a short twenty-minute one, so it's a it's a quick one to digest. We have a lot of great guests coming up. I have two. The next two guests that are uh, going to be released uh, in the coming days are uh, enormous, to say the least. Um, and I'm very excited for you guys to hear them. So, without further ado, let's talk about some taxes.
Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Simply Finance with Shane White. This is Shane White. I haven't done a solo episode in a little while and thought it'd be fun to come on here and talk about a timely topic now that most of us, if not all of us listening, have paid our taxes from 2020. 2020 was a crazy year. We've talked about it on here um, a ton of different ways, a ton of different times, but the craziness with COVID and um, what that meant. But one thing that did not change and probably I would say with about 100% confidence will never change is the fact that we're going to pay taxes. And I don't know about you guys, um, but I used to get tax refunds. Uh, every year. I've changed a couple things and, and now I normally owe a little bit. And, and there's a whole, you know, maybe it's a good, maybe it's bad strategy behind that mentality uh, or, you know, I guess strategy um, that I'm not going to get into today. But today's episode is really about, in my mind, and, you know, what I see, I guess, in the news, on social media, et cetera, et cetera, regarding uh, the rich and the minimal taxes they pay. I've always wondered how that worked. And, you know, as I've tried to build this podcast platform and, you know, just more and more things that I constantly am looking to build and do and and grow my family's wealth, the more it's, it's come to my attention that there's gotta be a reason, right? There's gotta be a reason people like Trump and like Bezos and Buffett, uh, we always hear this storyline that they paid such a minimal amount of taxes. And it's always negative. It's always, you know, they they were able to get away with not paying any taxes. And I think, unfortunately, the media likes to um, paint that in a negative light and try to compare it to people who are paying, you know, maybe a higher percent of their income in taxes. But what they don't do, and what probably most people don't spend the time trying to learn, is there's a reason for that. And it's not like these guys are out there breaking the law. And, it, you know, if any of them are, and I'm, I'm saying this today on June 8th, 2021, then yes, I was wrong. <laughs> Some of these wealthy, crazy rich folks uh, were, you know, doing something illegal and, and, you know, they should have, you know, gotten in trouble a long time ago. But I would have to imagine for the most people we'll talk about today, um, that is not the case. That is usually um, not what's going on. In fact, what I would say almost, if not all of these people that I mentioned already, you know, Bezos, Buffett, Elon Musk, um, Soros, Icon, Bloomberg, the list goes on of of wealthy individuals. um, They're just using the tax law to their advantage. And taxes are extremely confusing. It's probably one of those topics I could do a whole uh, list of podcasts off of um, because really, you know, tax law and the way taxes are structured, there's, there are reasons that there are tax lawyers and there's tax accountants that their full-time job is to help people minimize their tax exposure and really just pay the minimum taxes they legally can. Now, I am going to do a little bit of a plug on today's episode, and it's because me getting into this and learning more about this um, and reading up on articles came at a very uh, timely period when I was reading a book that I'll I'll mention here in a minute um, that also got my wheels spinning 
just on the different ways to produce wealth. And and one of the you know one of the key macro thirty thousand foot takeaways of this book to me was you know you want to build up assets, you want to minimize your liabilities. So you know assets, things you own, things that produce cash for you. They 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 create cash or they're worth cash to you on your asset side of your balance sheet. Um, a liability is something that takes money out of your pocket, right? Something that is causing cash to leave your bank account to pay for this liability. Um, this book kind of put a put a a different spin on things than what I've the way I've heard it in the past to allow me to kind of think through. Okay, you want to increase assets, you want to minimize liabilities. I think a lot of people who've tried to read any business book probably understand that concept to a degree. Um, but what it also goes into is, is explaining at a high level how doing some of this properly can also shield you from paying as much in taxes. And when you think about taxes, the main tax that we all think about uh, and in what a lot of these media outlets are referring to is, is federal income tax. What is federal income tax? Well, it's, it's a federal tax based off of your income, right? And if you take another step back, um, you know, what is income? It's money you are earning, right? Um, now, when you hear that, money you are earning, depending on who you are listening to this, um, you could be one of two people. Maybe there's a third, but I'll just hit on the two. The first one, you get what's called a w, W-2 every year. And what that means is, is you work for a company. So you know, the vast majority of, of you listening most likely work for a company you know, you have a job, whether that's a financial analyst, a, a marketing manager, whatever it is, sales director, you have some sort of role within an organization, you have an agreed upon salary, maybe you make some commission either instead of a salary or on top of a salary, you get benefits, right? They, that's how they get you to, to stay at the company. You, maybe you get a gym membership reimbursement, you get, you get um, you know, your medical expenses covered with insurance, uh, they probably have a 401k match, right? So you might have a salary. Let's use just easy numbers and say you make $100,000, okay? When you make $100,000, first, right off the bat, um, their taxes have to be paid on that, right? So, you know, maybe you have signed a contract with your company, you're making $100,000. Now, there are some what's called pre-tax expenses, um, that can, you know, or I guess it's uh, expenses that are, are non-tax deductible or, uh, you know, they get taken off your paycheck before it's taxed. So let's say for a fund number, you know, you make $100,000 and let's also say that uh, your, your 401k, right? Your 401k, um, the money that gets taken out of your 401k uh, gets to be pre-taxed. So that means, you know, on $100,000, if you end up putting 10000 of it away, now to the IRS, it looks like 10000 of your 100000 came out, went into a 401k account, and your taxable liability is actually only 90k. So your, your, your tax dollars you're going to pay is you know, based off of $10,000 less in income. But the paycheck that you actually take home, for example, is not going to be exactly 90k, right? Your 90 your 90k is taxed quite heavily. There's federal income tax, there's social security tax, Medicaid. There's a bunch of different taxes that you pay on each one of your paychecks. And if you think you make a hundred thousand and you put ten thousand away, so now you're down to ninety thousand a year that could come into your bank, 
you probably get taxed somewhere. It totally depends on your household income. And, and there's a lot of different moving metrics that we could talk about that go into your tax rate. Um, but you know, out of 90, you might only get 60 of that as take home pay, for example. Right. And the way this book, I'm going to plug the book real quick. It's called uh, rich dad, poor dad. I'll add it to the show notes. Um, almost done with it. One of the best business books, finance books I've ever read, just totally changed the way I think about things. Um, but what that does is it says, you know, again, you're person number one, we're still talking about person number one, which is someone who works for a company who has a W2. You earn money, you get taxed on that money, and what you get to spend your money on is post-tax, right? Then there's people who own businesses, right? And these people we talked about, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Warren Buffett, Carl Icahn, Bloomberg, Soros, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they own companies and their income could be drastically different um, than their overall wealth. And what a lot of people, you know, if you hear Bezos or Musk, you know, who, depending on the day, depending on what stock price is up the most, um, one of them usually is the richest man in the world. It's been Musk for a little while now. Um, you know, that worth is not based off of, of money that's coming to them directly through a W2. Like you see, um, like what you get, what you get every two weeks if you're someone who works for a company, right? So what a lot of these people, um, have is some, a lot of their worth is tied up in one of two things, either real estate or stocks. So they actually, uh, if you think about your personal portfolio, take a take a look and take a step back. If you make a hundred thousand a year, again for fun numbers, and let's say you put a majority of that into a savings account, and then you take turn around and you also put, um, you know, I don't know, you you put out of the sixty you brought home, you put five k into a Robinhood account. Um, you are doing the opposite of them, right? You have most of your money getting taxed and then sitting in a bank account. And you're investing a little bit. These guys have a lot of their wealth tied up in the businesses that they're running. And so a lot of their wealth is not actually in cash. They have Most of them have tons of cash as well, obviously, because we're talking about billionaires here. But most of their wealth growth in 2020, for example, was based off of owning millions of shares of companies and seeing that stock price soar over the year. They also own a lot of real estate. So as real estate prices have soared, so has their wealth, right? On paper. And it's a really important thing to remember because if any of these guys um, saw great wealth improvements um, that they're, you know, we're talking about in this tax situation, again, most of them are based off of stocks and real estate. Now, if you don't sell your stocks, you don't have to pay taxes on that. You only pay taxes on the stocks that you sell. And if you sell it for a gain, you pay capital gains. If you lose money on it, though, you don't have to pay taxes on the money you lost. So interesting there, there too. We won't go into that, but there is a loophole where you know some of these guys claim they you know they claim losses some years on uh, their stock investments if they sold more than they made in the in the stocks they held, and they actually lost out on the difference from what they put, bought it for versus what they sold it. They can claim a loss on their tax return. Um, and then real estate, right? With like I said, real estate prices soaring. A lot of these guys, their worth has exploded, but it's because they're sitting on assets. And again, stocks and real estate are two forms of assets that they're sitting on. So all of this is meant to circulate around 
remember, if you're someone who owns a business, who is a wealthy individual who owns real estate stock, or you're you know one and the same, you're an entrepreneur who who owns both of those and owns a business, um, be careful about what you read, right? Because yes, these guys are paying, for example, um, paid very minimal percentages. So if you look at their total wealth created in that year, and then look at the amount of taxes they paid, that a lot of the media calls that the true tax rate. So for example, if you made $10 billion in wealth, but you only paid $500 million in taxes, they would just take that $500 million divided by you know, the wealth you created there. And that percentage on paper is going to look a lot lower than probably even what you and I paid in taxes last year. So you got to remember there are different movers, there's different levers that are pulled. And I just thought it was really interesting to take a step back and talk through that. Um, essentially, you know, long story short, if a lot of your assets are tied up into real estate and stocks and you don't sell them during a year, but the value of them goes up, uh, you as a percentage of your total wealth are going to pay lower taxes than someone who only has a W-2 job and is just constantly you know, putting in the hours for return of a paycheck, putting in the hours, getting a paycheck. Well, those, those folks who only have a W-2 job are paying a ton in taxes as a percent of their total income versus uh, people like Bezos, Musk, Buffett, et cetera. So that is kind of the tip of the iceberg, I will say, as far as like understanding tax law, understanding why these people don't pay as much in taxes as a percent um, as maybe you and I do. And it's it's by design. These people are, are smart businessmen who have figured it out. Um, but hopefully that gets your brain spinning. And if you're interested in this at all, if this ep- short episode you know, even sparked an interest uh, at all to you. Highly, highly suggest um, either listening or reading the book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Um, I will add it to the show notes. I am currently listening to it on Audible in audio form. Love it. Um, I do lunges every day uh, as the like the end of my workout. And I love just like what I do is I listen to an audio book while I lunge. I've been listening to Rich Dad Poor Dad now for a little while, and it's really sparked my imagination into how to, uh, you know, grow wealth, minimize your tax exposure, and really just grow your asset column on your family's balance sheet. So, um, I hope today's episode was a fun one. Hope it was interesting. If you're working out or driving somewhere or just working at your desk and you listen to, listen to this today, first of all, thank you. If you could share this or leave a five star review or do both. I would really appreciate it. Uh, my goal with this platform is to you know, help people out. And I hope this episode did that today. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And I will talk to you all soon. Like I said, we got two big episodes coming out over the next few days that I'm extremely stoked to share with all of you. All right, everybody. Have a good one. We'll see you.